You're listening to The Right Process, a podcast in which one writer tells the story of creating one work from concept to completion. I'm your host, Charlie Jensen. The Right Process is brought to you by the Writers Program at UCLA Extension, helping you reach your writing goals one page at a time. Enroll now at uclaextension.edu. Hi, this is Dorothy Bliskel, and I wrote 1517 to Paris. UCLA Extension Writers Program alumna Dorothy Bliskel worked as a production assistant on several features before landing the job as the writer of the Clint Eastwood film The 1517 to Paris, which she adapted from the autobiographical book of the same name. The 1517 to Paris tells the real-life story of three men whose brave act turned them into heroes during a high-speed railway ride. In the early evening of August 21st, 2015, the world watched in stunned silence as the media reported a thwarted terrorist attack on Thales train number 9364 bound for Paris. The film follows the course of the friends' lives, from the struggles of childhood through finding their footing in life, to the events that inspired them to save the lives of more than 500 passengers on board the train. My whole life, my parents were writers. My whole life, my parents were like, don't become a writer. Like, you will never be able to pay the bills. There's no, like, your your money's unpredictable. Just never become a writer. I went into musical theater, <laughs> but not writing. Like, that's how much they didn't want me to become a writer. They were like, yeah, go, be an actor. Like, that's dependable compared to writing. So graduating with a degree in musical theater, which I decided the last semester of my senior year I didn't actually want to pursue. I moved to Chicago and went into improv comedy. I lied my way into an audition at Second City. I got in. Then I started taking improv classes and going into comedy, and I was terrible at it. I mean, awful. I had to re-audition to get into the program. I did not get back in. I had one of those moments where I was just like, I wanted to be Tina Fey. Like, why, if I can't get back into the program at Second City, like, I can't be Tina Fey. Um, but I did eventually say to myself, okay, I can still sort of be Tina Fey. I'm just going to be Tina Fey in the Dorothy Bliskel way, and I'm going to get there the Dorothy Bliskel way. I'm going to do it differently. So that sort of takes me to let's skip some time, fast forwarding, worked at Old Navy, lived in Chicago, worked in production, blah. and then I moved to L.A., uh, where my first job was working for, and this is this is crazy. <laughs> I had to pay the bills, obviously. Just moved to L.A. 2007. Something called a writer's strike was going on at that time. And there was, I the only way I could think of to pay the bills was to go on Craigslist and find, like, weird odd jobs. So I found a posting by what I would later find out was Bedford Falls, uh, Marshall Herskovitz and Ed Zwick's company, and they were looking for a character blogger to write for characters on a web series that they were writing. So that was my first job in LA. That was my first ever writing job. And that was my first ever inkling that I should go into writing because I started thinking, well, if I can like Facebook for these characters and I can tweet for these characters, like I must have some idea how to talk for characters. Um, so that's when I started thinking that um, that I should consider going into writing. So my f the first movie job I ever had was as a production assistant on Sully, which was his last movie. And that was when I also sort of got to know the producers a little bit. 
to get to the point where I got daring enough to ask if they were comfortable reading my writing, which luckily they were. And Christina Rivera, who approached me with the book, read a couple scripts of mine. And uh, she came to me after having read some of my writing and asked if I wanted to read it. I ordered it immediately on Amazon. I read through it. And I just remember it was like the day after Christmas, 2016. I'll never forget. She asked me, do you think this could be made into a script? Do you think this could be made into a movie? And I was like, yeah. And she said, do you want to do it? Do you want to give it a shot? You won't get paid for it. The only pay you'll receive is that Clint Eastwood will read your writing. And I was like, um, where do I sign? <laughs> that sounds fine to me. I didn't have a lot of experience in serious writing. And by I had, I didn't have a lot of, I mean, I had zero experience in dramatic writing. So at the UCLA Extension program, I took sitcom writing classes and sitcom pilot spec classes. I did all the comedy writing you can possibly do. So that was like all my training was in comedy writing. But when it came to this, I realized that I would have to <laughs> pull myself down out of the clouds and get serious and do the drama thing. So when she first approached me about that particular book, I was a little concerned <laughs> because of how serious it is. But after reading it, two things stuck with me. One was the story of the mothers, which is still serious, but it's like it comes at it from a different angle where it's a little lighter. And then the other thing I wanted to do was show the perspectives of the lives that were saved because I thought to me that was so interesting because you, you can hear all, all the stories about all the heroes, but like, don't you want to know like who didn't die that day because of them. The book itself is like is kind of all over the place in a great way. It works for a book, but I knew that when it would go to screen, it was going to be difficult for people to follow. So I knew that I had to sort of put it in chronological order. I went through and numbered each scene in the book. It was sort of cinematically written to begin with, so it was kind of easy to chunk out scenes and be like, okay, this is scene one, this is scene two. But at the same time, I would also say, all right, well, this scene isn't necessary to the point of it. So I would sort of like cut as I went. And I think I was left with like 140 scenes essentially, which I then numbered and put in chronological order so that it made chronological sense. No one ever tells you how to do an adaptation. <laughs> like I said, I'd taken a lot of classes and, you know, pilot specs. I know how to like create my own thing from the ground up, but I don't know how to take someone else's incredible work and like still do it justice, but change things that need to be changed cinematically. I typically outline, I'm a good writer normally, I promise. But when it comes to adaptations, it makes more sense to me to just take what's there and turn it into whatever works for the scene and then sort of organically like figure out like okay well this we don't need this character so I'll cut him out of the scene and we'll never see him again you know stuff like that it I think it normally requires more planning but I like to say that writers are sort of like organizers and when you're doing an adaptation it's like we're going into someone's closet and just taking stuff and being like okay this needs to come to the front and this needs to go here this can get tossed out you know it's stuff like that that's how I feel when I do an adaptation I just take it and like reorder everything until it makes sense and then throw in some dramatic flair along the way hopefully I'm a fast writer I did not know this ahead of time <laughs> um, until Christina, the producer, asked me how long it would take to write the script, and I told her two weeks. And 
she, the, she was like silent on the other end of the call. And I was like, well, the first draft would take like a week. I mean, I can get, and I'm just saying like the second draft will take two weeks. And she was like, Dorothy, I wasn't quiet because it was too long. I was quiet because that's incredibly fast. I'm not used to that. So I had no idea that that was fast. To me, I like to sit down and I like to write and I like to live in the world. I just sit for like my eight hours and I do it and then I take, you know, I go to bed and then I wake up the next day. And so it's usually only like three or four days of actual writing. This was a little different because I had to research things like how to build a gun to put that into the script. So I started the first draft on a Monday and I had to email her and be like, hey, it's not coming to you till Saturday. (laughs) So I took six days. I told her it would take five days. It took six days to do the first draft. And I sent it to her on Saturday, and she gave me notes on Sunday, and then the second draft was to her by Wednesday. So less than two weeks. Clint liked it, and then he gave it to the studio, and the studio liked it. No notes from Clint, no new, no notes from the studio. You don't hear that, like, as a writer. You don't, you always, like, you hear the cliches, like, everything's different when you see it on the screen, and, like, the other cliches that, you, you know, all the notes that you get, but none. What happened next was crying in a dark corner of my room, waiting for whether or not it was actually going to happen. But the chronology is this. So the first week of January, we finished the script. Uh, Christina gave the script to Clint in February. Clint told Christina to give the studio the script, and they got it in March. And from March, like, 1st until, like, April 20th, was just like question marks over my head all day, every day. So that's why I was crying in a corner because, um, you know, I said, I kept saying it's like I'm standing on a precipice and I like a, on a ledge and I, I don't know if there's like death and destruction below me or like cuddly puppies and like fluffy rainbows, you know, I don't know if it's like the best ever or the worst ever. So for pretty much two months, it was just kind of like, I don't know what's going on. Before that, I had been, like, essentially a career PA. I was struggling financially, (laughs) and I was kind of like, I just really need a job. I need a gig. I need to get out there and PA, like, because I don't know if this is happening. And But they kept telling me, you know, like, oh, Clint wants to meet with you next week. Clint wants to meet with you next week. Like, keep, keep it open. So I kept, like, turning down PA gigs, more crying in more corners. I didn't have... A contract yet I did they hadn't yet bought it for me they'd started casting and they were in Europe like scouting locations but I had no contract yet and so April 20th 2017 the day the deadline article hit and like I couldn't talk to anybody about it I could the only person who knew was my partner and my brother and they both had to keep their mouths shut nobody could talk about it. he my partner he couldn't even tell his mother or anything it was just like mum's the word um, but then when the deadline article hit April 20th, my Facebook feed just, like, exploded. And I was like, I didn't even get to tell everybody. Deadline did. But it was still cool. And I met with Clint and the three guys. Like, I showed up for the meeting fully anticipating. They'd be like, no, 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 not this week. It's another week. Um, but there stood Clint, reached out his hand, and shook my hand. Great script. And then we he walked me into the meeting room, and there were the three guys sitting there on the couch. And... The two heads of Warner Brothers, like, introduced themselves to me, and I had no idea that this would be, like, such a reception. Like, you know, I just thought I was like, this isn't even going to happen. And then it was like, oh, my God, everybody in the whole world is in this room. So it was just crazy cool. And then from there, they did finally buy the script, just so you know. (laughs) 
There were a few changes, like, from the producers, just, like, stuff that I wouldn't know, like, military, like, terminology and stuff like that. Add that in and change this and blah, blah, blah. But, yeah, then they started shooting July 1st, and I was there um, for the first day of filming in L.A., the only day of filming in L.A., um, which was mind-blowing. Like, I literally, it still has not hit me at all, so... (laughs) It's kind of disappointing when people are like, what was it like having people say your lines? Or like, I don't know, I wasn't there. It's still like crazy in my head. So, but yeah, I was there July 1st, first day of filming. Um, And then in end of July, beginning of August, I was in Atlanta where they, they did more filming. Most of the filming was in Atlanta. And then, um, and then they went to Europe without me and I cried for like three days because I was like, I want to go to Europe too, but I didn't. And I'm sure that was the most fun part without me. It was kind of useless for me to be there. I love being useless. I did get to see like Jenna Fisher when she said my lines because I'm like the biggest Office fan ever. Um, And so when she said my lines, it was just like, oh my God, life is happening. Things are real. And I went up to her afterwards and we had like a moment. We talked about how much she loved the script. So yeah, that was pretty cool. I have found that people... Well, I mean, you can you would expect this. Like, people are more willing to listen to your pitches and your ideas. But I do have a lot of stories and passion projects about um, the LGBT community and women's rights that it's really important to me that those stories be told and heard. And so I've definitely gotten the opportunity to talk to people about those projects, thankfully, because... I felt like those projects would just be something that I would always dream about doing and no one would ever do them and they would just fall by the wayside and people would forget about the tragedies that happened. But um, yeah, I've definitely gotten the opportunity to actually talk to people who want to listen to my ideas about the stories that matter to me. The Right Process is produced by me, Charlie Jensen, at the UCLA Extension Studio. Audio support and editing were provided by Jamie Moss, Eileen Keegan, and Hannah Sutherland. For more information on the Writers Program, visit writers.uclaextension.edu.